0: (laughs) hello everyone welcome to another episode of onion soup the show where we demystify um, (laughs) metaphysics and spirituality in order to Find out more about reality. Today we have a wonderful guest, Mr. Chris Earnshaw, who is a 33rd degree Mason and has found some really interesting hidden secrets about Freemasonry and its ties to Taoism. How are you doing today, Mr. Chris? Very well, thank you. <clears throat> awesome. So I really want to first start with what is Freemasonry and Taoism before we really dive deep into it. Okay. So... Um, I think Freemasonry, uh, firstly,
1: it has over a 300-year history. So this is something that was started in the 18th century, uh, to be exact, 1717. Uh, so it has a long history. But over the time, uh, I think it's actually changed. to So nowadays, it's seen as being a fraternity and a major charity.
0: <coughs> but it hasn't always been that. Interesting. So for my understanding, a lot of people's understanding, um, Freemasonry is like a secret society, not so secret, secret society, (laughs) you know, like a brotherhood of uh, secrets and esoteric knowledge. Is that correct?
1: Yes. um, The the label secret society is something we've been trying to get away from. Uh, We're really a society with secrets Oh. So, um, the way I put it is, for example, you know, you have a bank account. How much money in that you have in that bank is, is private to you. It's your secret. Yes. And same for us. We have certain teachings and, uh, rituals, um, to initiate brethren, you know, people into the brotherhood. Oh. And, uh, those are our secrets. Awesome. So what is Taoism? So Taoism is a philosophy, um, rather uh, same as Freemasonry. Freemasonry is not a religion. It's a philosophy of life, and Taoism is the same. Uh, it's a way of living. Um, it's uh, polytheistic, which means that you can be Taoist and Christian at the same time, or you could be Taoist and Buddhist. Um, they think that um, they understand the th- philosophy of Taoism to uh, exist before all religions were created.
0: So, uh, just for clarity, we're saying that Freemasonry started around the 1700s, 1800s, and Taoism yep. would be thousands of years old.
1: Uh, yes, it's, it's at least 2,000 years old. Right. So, uh, sorry,
0: at least 3,000 years old, sorry. Exactly. So, when we look at Taoism, mm-hmm. what are the similarities between Taoism and Freemasonry? Because I had no idea that they were connected.
1: <laughs> Nobody does, and that's why I wrote my books. Um, so, if I can step back a little bit, um, mm-hmm. I studied uh, classical Chinese literature at university, uh, the University of London. Uh, School of Oriental African Studies. And uh, so I was particularly interested in the, not uh, in the works of Mencius, he's a Chinese philosopher. And uh, Mencius is a disciple of or pupil of Confucius. However, they never met because there's a 150 years gap between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Mencius teaches the same things as Confucius, but in a way that's easier to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was invited in 2016 to uh, visit Taiwan. I um, must point out, I live in, in Tokyo in Japan, and Taiwan is only a one-hour flight or one-and-a-half-hour flight from from Tokyo to Taipei. And so uh, I took... I took up the invitation, and uh, it ended in me being initiated into a Taoist temple. Mm-hmm. Um, it was called Lingying Temple, uh, under the tradition of the y- Yi Guang Tao. It's a, uh, one of the various groups of Taoism, mm-hmm. and. When when I went through the initiation, which was a very open and simple thing, I immediately recognized it's the same as the first-degree ritual in Freemasonry. Uh, I've been a Freemason for nearly 40 years, so I was very familiar. And um, it was mind-blowing. And so when I went back to Tokyo, I spent probably four years researching how this could be. But obviously, Taoism is much older than Freemasonry. But which came first? Did the Freemasons copy the Chinese or, you know, exactly what was going on? And so I did some research into it and I found a lot of similarities.
0: <clears throat> Would you like me to explain? <laughs> yes, actually, I was. Uh, my first question is, you mentioned the first degree of Masonry. Uh, are you referring to the three degrees? Yes. So could you first explain what the three degrees are before we go into further into the similarities?
1: So um, to be a, a fully fledged Freemason, you have to go through three degrees. And the first one uh, is an initiation. You become an entered apprentice. After that, um, there's a, a kind of verbal examination. Once you pass that, and that examination is only to see if you understood what happened during the initiation. Then the second degree is uh, the, the degree of fellow craft. Um, it's just one step deeper. Um, and then the third degree is uh, the raising made, to be made a master mason. Each degree has a different story in it. It's rather like theater. Um mm-hmm. ancient theatre, particularly in the 1700s in England, was theatre in the round, which meant uh, you don't sit facing a stage, you sit in a circle around the stage. So it's a circular stage. So it's a, what we call a Shakespearean um, uh <clears throat> Shakespearean stage, and uh, even now in London we have a theatre called the Globe that has been mm-hmm. recreated like that. So Freemasonry is the same. You have um, a, a like a theatrical performance happening, and everybody's sitting around it in a circle, and they're either involved in it or they they help in some way.
0: Interesting. Is it kind of uh, uh, like ritualistic rites or something like that?
1: Yes, it is. Um, it's a way of teaching a person what uh, Freemasonry believes are um, uh, moral truths. And mm-hmm. so we feel that in, if you gave somebody a book and said, well, read it or learn it, it isn't the impact is not as strong as having to act it out mm-hmm. in a theater, particularly when you don't know what the words are. Because you're just participating. Everybody else in in the Freemasons ritual, <coughs> they will have a part. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry. They will have a part and they know their words. Only the candidate doesn't understand what's happening. So the impact is much stronger.
0: <coughs> Interesting. So what does that have to do with the Taoism, and you said that it was primarily the first degree that you felt Taoism yes. was most related to so, so in- yes
1: so in freemasonry we believe uh firstly the 1700s um was uh halfway through the, what we call the enlightenment it's a mm-hmm. period of history in england where uh not just historians, but um, educated people were reevaluating many truths that we thought to be <laughs> God-given. For example, uh, in university, they had been studying Aristotelian-type uh, subjects, which meant that um, there was no question and answer, there was no uh, investigation or thing. We had to take what Aristotle decided was the truth, and they were still studying that uh, this was challenged. Also, the position of the church and the church's beliefs, and particularly, for example, spiritual things, were being challenged during the Enlightenment. Mm-hmm. So Freemasonry, the interesting point here is that um, we try to enlighten a brother, well, you, you can do it through education, but there's a part of the first degree where the, the master of the lodge who, who organizes everything, he brings light from the east of the, the Masonic temple to the candidate. Hmm. It's a symbolic thing. We don't actually bring physical light, but he comes and he says, I'm bringing you light. From the east, etc., and then he he gives the words and um, explains everything. Well, in a Taoist temple, it's the same. There mm-hmm. is a they have three officers in the lodge, which is the same as a um, masonic lodge. We have three senior officers, mm-hmm. and the the in the Taoist temple, the senior person, his name is the light transmitting master. That's his job. He brings light from the East. Uh, it isn't exactly the East, but it's, it's a similar concept. And he brings it to the candidate.
0: Um, represent like knowledge. Is it, is there anything physical going on here?
1: Yes and no. So, um, you won't see anything, but it's all to do with intention. Uh, Mm -hmm. the intention of the candidate to accept the teachings and also the intention of the officers to communicate uh, the, the teachings, the, the ritual, and also to transfer the light. Um, there have been in the past, uh, some very spiritually aware people who have joined Freemasonry, and they see say that um, they can actually physically see light entering the candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is it's a it's a kind of awakening the soul that's what mm-hmm. so in Taoism that's what it's about is to awaken, the, wake you up because the souls asleep mm-hmm. uh, in their way of thinking and they want to say there is more to life there is a spiritual life wake up and we will show you and Freemasonry is very similar
0: So in both practices it seems that there's a form of almost energy transference, such as like in Reiki or something like that, where you uh, atone a person's spirit or attune a person's spirit to the knowledge or energy at hand that's held by the master.
1: Yes, um, we would think that the master is a more spiritual person and he is more qualified than the candidate. So yes, there is a transference from one to the other.
0: Interesting. So going back to the relatedness between Tao and yes. Freemasonry. <clears throat> so I'm sure after you first saw the relations with the first degree, yes. did, you, uh, did you dig deeper into it? Are there more things that are related?
1: Oh, yes. So uh, I did. I spent four years and I found 28 similarities between Freemasonry and um, Taoism. There are just so many of them. Uh, there was, I think, um, in the ritual, there were 17 correspondences, which were exactly the same. And then if you look at the, the layout of the uh, Taoist the Freemason's Lodge and the Taoist Temple, there were another 10 or 12. Uh, so I, to give you an example, um, a Freemason's Lodge has to have three senior officers. So does a Taoist temple. Well, that's a coincidence. Um, the, uh, the senior, the senior people in the Taoist temple, they represent the sun, the moon, and the universe. Mm -hmm. Well, in a Freemason's lodge, uh, they represent, there are what we call the three lesser lights, which are the sun, the moon, and the master of the lodge. Mm -hmm. Again, very strong similarity. Uh, the Taoists also have a secret sign a secret word, and a way of transmitting it. They call these the three treasures. And in Freemasonry, we have the same. We have uh, secret signs and ways of transmitting and also secret words, passwords.
0: I'm noticing the theme of three there. Do you think that has yes. anything to do with the Trinity at all?
1: Uh, no, because the Trinity is, is a Catholic concept. Um and this predates Catholicism by sure.
0: me, thousands of years. Let me slightly rephrase my question. Yeah. So, so, like, not necessarily the Trinity as far as the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, but yeah. how there seems to be in nature the uh, positive, negative, and the neutral. So in order for there to be balance, there has to be three. There has to be a neutral force and an opposing force on both sides.
1: Um, maybe, uh, if you look at quantum mechanics, you'll find, uh, the story is a little bit
0: different. <laughs> oh, yes, for sure. we you just start getting into like the, uh, atomic field and I think it's weird. I mean, even when we talk about like quantum, uh, vacuum theory, that gets a little crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: So, you know, when we say you, you need three forces and there's a third, which balances, uh, yeah, that's just one way of thinking, but, um, in Chinese way of thinking, it's, there's a duality and it's, it's uh, explained by yin and yang. And mm-hmm. everything has to be not only in balance, but always in motion as well. So there's death and rebirth and growth, etc., Uh, but it has to be in balance.
0: Interesting. So <clears throat> before we keep going, we're going to take a really quick commercial break. Sure. No problem. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. So before we left, we were talking briefly about kind of like duality, but more so the reference in three and how three kept showing up. Does that have anything to do with the final, to my knowledge, the uh, final level of masonry being a 33rd degree?
1: Um, Well, 33rd, of course, is the the age that uh, Christ died. And, um, so that has been used in Christian societies for thousands of different, um, usages. For example, the steps to the Capitol, uh, building in, um, Washington DC, there are 33 steps. Hmm. Uh, it's just something that catches the public's imagination. Um, in Freemasonry, there's no 34th degree. Um, but the 33rd is all sub- subdivided into other also, um, other ranks as well. I don't think it's the number that's important. It's the amount of, of understanding that the Mason have. And so many Masons nowadays are focused on the fraternity, um, uh, meeting each other, ha- having barbecues, entertaining, supporting mm-hmm. each other. But in the old days, that wasn't seen to be important. They were studying, seeing if there was, for example, um, uh, Godfrey Leibniz, um, a German philosopher, he was looking to see if it was possible to create a universal church. Um, He thought that uh, because Confucianism is a meritocracy, uh, he wanted to see if Christianity and Confucianism could be combined to create this universal church. And it wasn't just uh, Leibniz. The Royal Society in England were also looking to do the same thing.
0: Hmm. Interesting. So when you talk about the Taoism and Confucianism as well as Freemasonry, is there any documentation linking the two? Or is this all through the research that you've done?
1: Well, yes. So there's a lot of interesting things. For example, um, the three... The first three grandmasters, when they rewrote, uh, ancient, uh, stone masons ritual, stone masons were kind of dying out in those days. There was, they had, um, an organization, but there was no over control of it. Uh, people were just meeting in public, hu- in what we call pubs, public houses, and, um, they would, uh, Exchange information, but it wasn't an organized um, fraternity until the first three grand masters came and mm-hmm. they rewrote the rituals. Uh, so in 1717, there were two degrees, and in 1725, they added a third degree. The third degree has all the, the Chinese uh, teachings on how to become a spiritual being without dying. That was the point which was important to them, uh, because it, Christianity doesn't really talk much about immortality. Mm-hmm. But uh, Freemasonry does, particularly the third degree. I think it's referred to something like uh, five or six times the word immortality is used in a ritual. And this is, I think, what the Freemasons were looking to do the second point is that uh from about um 1680 in 1687 a chinese mandarin visited Ch- uh, london uh, a mandarin is a senior official in a chinese government um and in fact in in modern in England nowadays, we still refer to as senior people in the government as mandarins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, uh, he came to England. Nobody of his stature had ever visited. We'd had coolies on ships, but we'd never had a mandarin. And it caused quite a stir. Um, he even visited the king, um, King James II, who mm-hmm. had his portrait painted, a full-length portrait. And so we can see what he looks like. Um, from that time, an interest uh, in Chinese things lasted for nearly a 100 years in England. So we started importing silk, uh, tea. People were drinking Chinese tea in London. You know, not Indian tea, the red tea we we associate with England. But this is green tea. We were drinking green tea in the 1600s, 1700s. Um, and um people were bringing uh were redesigning their gardens in chinese style there were chinese houses um even the king and the prince of wales who is the son of the king they yeah. designed their houses in chinese style so chinese was a real uh, a kind of um uh what should i call it um uh, it was um it was more than just a, a phase it, it really captured the public's imagination. So for the Freemasons to create a Chinese ritual, but without using Chinese words, I don't think that's so unusual.
0: So when you talk about immortality and it coming from yes. ancient Chinese text, any yes. idea which text mentioned yes. immortality? Yes. So
1: um, I... So what my feeling is that the Chinese Mandarin, his name is Xiong Fuzhong. Um, he taught people, uh, a professor at Oxford University where he was staying. This professor was familiar with all the leading people, including the king. You know, he, he had, uh, it was ability for the professor to visit the king, uh, which, which is unusual. And, um, he, he met uh, people like Boyle and um, Newton and people like this. And he, he either left a document and uh, there is a picture of them holding a document in a painting of this professor. And the scroll he has, he's holding has Chinese words on it, Chinese characters. But the thing is, the professor was the professor of Hebrew. They weren't teaching Chinese at, um, Oxford University. So why is he holding a Chinese scroll? Uh, anyway, um, so yes, the, the document, uh, that they may have, have used is called the secret of the golden flower.
0: <laughs> I was hoping you were going to say that. I, I read yep. it not too long ago. Well, yep. the English translation and it's really, really good. I also read the one that I read had commentary by Carl Young. Yes. And it was really
1: fascinating. I'm sorry. Yes. No, no, but, um, so I, and I checked that the, the book first became available in the 1600s in China. And before that, it had been written down as a scroll. Um, so the thing to understand is there are two types of Taoism in China. There is a, a philosophical Type called Yi uh, Guan Dao, which is was the one I joined. And then there's another one called Jiao Dao, um, uh, or Dao Jiao, uh, which is a more religious type. And they're into these mystical ceremonies and using tons of incense. And the secret of the golden flower is based on that religious
0: type. For sure. Well, we only have about a minute left. Is there anything that... <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to just keep going uh, yeah, yeah. You want to leave with the audience before we go
1: so yes so i would like people to re-evaluate freemasonry and not think it is a society of old men uh with secrets that they don't want to teach anybody but they've probably forgotten anyway um it in my books if i can put a plug in um uh, I have a set of five books, which one for each degree, which looks in great detail uh, at all the, the connections. The books are called Spiritual Freemasonry. Each mm-hmm. one has a different title, but the set is Spiritual Freemasonry. And, uh, if you read that, then you will suddenly realize that Freemasonry is a spiritual practice, uh, to show people how th- that the spirit is immortal. And we don't have to fear death.
0: Wow. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Chris Ernst. I (laughs) truly enjoyed this conversation. I had been looking forward to it. Thank you.
1: Have a great one. My pleasure. Peace.